Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved. How are you doing? I pray that you're well. And um, we have a good amount of time this morning all to ourselves. So call in with anything on your heart. Uh, doesn't have does not have to be what we're speaking of. Um, the issue, the the heart of the matter. I've often said is the matter of your heart. So call in with anything on your heart or anonymous if you wish. Uh, toll free. To call or text is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. I have found a little book that several uh, people have been asking me about. It's on the subject of modesty. It's a little handbook, and it's uh, called Modeling. There it is, Modeling Modesty Handbook. It is published by, um, oh, let's see now, the Rosa, Misk, the Rosa Mystica Modesty Movement. Say that fast. The Rosa, Mystic, the Rosa Mystica Modesty Movement, Miss um, Claire Halber. And um, it's a wonderful book. You can go online at Lily Maiden at... Um, sbcglobal.net, I guess that's an email, but the website is www.rosamysticamodesty.org. Let's see, uh, she's in Illinois. It's a lovely, lovely uh, little booklet, and it's uh, Restoring a Culture of Life Through Modesty. I have a few copies here. that someone had given us a couple of years ago, and I've gone through them, and they're truly, truly, truly excellent. Uh, Let me just uh, lower this one thing. Got it. Okay. Um, Now, I I won't read you the whole thing, of course, but I'll show you inside. It has um, the 100 years at a glance of women's clothes, and at the end, uh, they have men's clothes because at the end, uh, you can hardly tell the difference between what are men's and what are women's. But you may not be interested in this, but this is um, 1900 right here. <laughs> and this is, um, well, 1990 at the end, I guess, when she wrote the book. But she has all kinds of good information in here. And she has um, Christian men speak out on what they think about uh, women's dress, what the good men want, um, and then some quotes in here from some wonderful people, including my uh, my dear friend Jason Everett, and then po- quotes from the popes and and all of that. Um, 
Let me start with what the church says. Let me read you. These are simply quotes. They're not essays or anything long, just quotes. And this is from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And I mentioned before that modesty, I, I don't remember how much this covers of that. I think it's primarily directed to modeling modesty, that is, our dress, but how we dress. Uh, and if we dress, <laughs> sometimes today it hardly looks uh, as if people are, um, well, many bodies are just half naked. Um, and I think I've mentioned before that what women are wearing below the waist is what my underwear used to be. It's it's embarrassing to me to, to see them. I'm embarrassed for them. Um, and here's straight from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and it's headed, Purity Requires Modesty. All right. Modesty um, protects the intimate center of the person. It means refusing to unveil what should remain hidden. It is ordered to chastity. Our bodies are ordered to chastity, to modesty, to purity, to humility. And now that was my comment. I'll go back to this little quote. It guides how one looks at others and behaves toward them in conformity with the dignity of persons. Modesty protects the mystery of persons and their love. Modesty is decency. It inspires one's choice of clothing. Modesty inspires a way of life, which makes it possible to resist the allurements of fashion and the pressures of prevailing ideologies. That's the catechism. See if I can see the numbers are so small, 25, 21, and 22. 25, 21, and 25, 22. You could look that up. That's modern. That's current, these thoughts here. Here's Pope Benedict XV, who wrote this. He said, One cannot sufficiently deplore the blindness of so many women of every age and station. He wrote this. He lived, um, or rather, he was Pope from 1914 to 1922, hmm? so 200 years ago. One cannot sufficiently deplore the, the blindness of so many women of every age and station. Made foolish by a desire to please, they do not see to what degree the indecency of their clothing shocks every honest man and offends God. Most of them would formerly have blushed for such apparel as for a grave fault against Christian modesty. Now it does not suffice to exhibit themselves on public thoroughfares. Now again, this is 200 years ago. They do not fear to cross the threshold of churches, to attend the holy sacrifice of the Mass, and to even bear the seducing food of shameful passions to the holy altar, where one receives the heavenly author of purity. I may have told you a while back about a 
a young lady, and I, not not quite so young. She must have been, uh, I'm guessing, in her 40s. Um, and she came to church in a, a short um, tennis skirt. If she bent over, you would see her under panties. Uh, and a loose, low-cut, sleeveless tank top. And the priest asked me if I could help him by speaking with her, and I did. He even printed something out for me to give her. And she was tremendously offended at who would have such a problem. She said, who asked you to do this? Did the priest ask you to do this? I said to her, don't ask me who asked me. The issue is modesty, and whoever asked me is not the only one having problems in the church. And she plays tennis after church, and she just wouldn't, she came with, I said, keep a wraparound skirt in the car, keep something you could throw over yourself in the car, and just wear it into the mass, and then take it off and go play tennis. She did that for maybe three days, and she's back to immodesty. You know what, beloved? Um... Well, I, I don't say, you know, I personally, if I were pastor of that church, which I'm not and I never will be and a woman won't be, uh, please God. But if I were pastor of that church, I would put a sign because it's needed outside the church, just as they have one outside the Vatican. Nothing, no shorts, nothing sleeveless. You see, um, no short skirts. I would do that. And you say, you mean, Mother, you'd keep them from going to Mass for walking in like that? Yes, I would. Because the issue is not focused on them. It's focused on God. We are appearing before God, and we don't appear before him in a tiny little tennis outfit. We might as well be wearing a bathing suit. Yes, I would keep them out. Pope Pius XI said this in 1939, The immodesty in dress, which today is everywhere in vogue, even among women and girls who are Catholics, does grave injury to the crowning virtue and glory of women, and moreover unfortunately leads to their eternal ruin and that of other souls. Girls and women who are immodestly dressed, are to be refused Holy Communion. Now look at that. I just told you what I would do, and I bet some of you on the other end of this streaming or or radio uh, got a little huffy about that. Well, Mother, you're, you're focused on the wrong thing. This is uh, the, like the Pharisees. But listen to Pope Pius XI. Girls and women who are immodestly dressed are to be refused Holy Communion and excluded from the office of sponsor in the sacraments, even to be excluded from the church. In other words, from entering the church. It's not a way to enter a church. It is not. You go to the beach in certain ways. You don't go to church in those ways. If you were meeting the Holy Father, I think you'd cover up a little bit, just a little bit. Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, 
Many mistakenly think that the Catholic Church has never officially said anything about modesty. This is just a sampling she has here of statements from the Catechism, the Holy Fathers, and the Vatican. So first from Pope Pius XII, wonderful Pope, who we pray is canonized one day, and he was um, Pope from 1939 to 58. And he wrote this, pleading, really. He said, O Christian mothers, if you knew what a future of anxieties and perils, of ill-guarded shame, you prepare for your sons and daughters, imprudently getting them accustomed to live scantily dressed and making them lose the sense of a modesty, lose the sense of modesty, you would be ashamed of yourselves and you would dread the harm you are making for yourselves, the harm which you are causing these children from heaven has has entrusted to you to be brought up as Christians. Let me just say that again. The harm which you are causing these children, whom heaven has entrusted to you, to be brought up as Christians. Numbers of believing and pious women in accepting to follow certain bold fashions break down by their example. The resistance of many other women to such fashions, which may become for them the cause of spiritual ruin. As long as these provocative styles remain identified with women of doubtful virtue, good women do not dare to follow them. But since these styles have been accepted by women of good reputation, Decent women soon follow their example and are carried along by the tide into possible disaster. These are all from Pius, Pope Pius XII. He says again, quote, How many girls there are who see nothing wrong in following certain shameless styles like so many sheep. They would certainly blush with shame if they could know the impression they make. But the feelings they evoke, the impression they make and the feelings they evoke in those who see them. The good of our soul is more important than that of our body. And we have to prefer the spiritual welfare of our neighbor to our bodily comforts. If a certain kind of dress constitutes a grave and proximate occasion of sin and endangers the salvation of your soul and others, it is your duty to give it up. This woman in her tennis outfit that I spoke with right after Mass, right outside the church, um, She said it's no problem for her, and she doesn't believe it's a problem for others. She doesn't begin to understand charity, that woman. She has a duty to give it up because she's offending others. How does she know? She didn't know. She should have known, but she didn't, and so she was told. 
by a priest and by a nun. They're always still continuing, Pope Pius XII. There always exists an absolute norm to be preserved, no matter how broad and changeable the relative morals of styles may be. Okay. And now, leaving Pope Pius XII. Um, Let me just read um, three more little quotes um, from the Pontifical Council on the Family, Pope John Paul II and Pope Benedict. Three real small quotes. Um, from the Pontifical Council of the Family, it says, um, and this is the truth and meaning of human sexuality. The practice of decency and modesty in speech, action, and dress is very important for creating an atmosphere suitable to the growth of chastity. But this must be well motivated by respect for one's own body and the dignity of others, parents, should be watchful so that certain immoral fashions and attitudes do not violate the integrity of the home, especially through misuse of the mass media. You know, parents, if you're going to help your children, you say, but they're against this world. I feel like I can't fight anything. It's all over the place but you can raise them correctly so they have a sense of identity and of dignity of who they are and they don't want to be violated or exposed. If I were being raised in a Catholic home um, when I was a child growing up in my Jewish home, we went to public schools um, and we wore our own clothes. But if we were to wear a school uniform, and they gave us a short skirt, I would not put that thing on. They'd say, well, they'll put you out of school, let them. I'm not going to walk around with bare legs. I won't put that on, no. To the knees, okay, not above the knees. No, wouldn't do it. Just wouldn't do it. It would embarrass me. It would disgrace me, our family. I wouldn't do it. Well, then you can't go to school. Then I can't go to school. Um... We could talk to the principal, we could talk to the teachers, we could talk to whomever, and we could plead with them. If you won't lengthen the skirts, give the girls a choice. Here, I go to Mass on a Friday, where it's a school Mass, and the boys walk in with long pants, and the girls walk in with skirts halfway up their thigh. It is disgraceful. It's I, I am ashamed for them. I'm embarrassed for them. Are they embarrassed? I don't think so. They don't know any differently. Why do we degrade women so young? That's what we do. We degrade them. Why do we degrade little girls at elementary school? Why should we not clothe them? Why should they need to be immodest? Why are girls' legs to be looked at and not boys. 
it's it's you're right about pants for boys, but very wrong about short skirts for women, for the young girls. Pope Paul II, Saint John Paul II said this, very often a woman does not regard a particular way of dressing as shameless, though some man or indeed many men may find it so. Sexual modesty is not a flight from love. Listen to this, beloved. This is John Paul II. Sexual modesty is not a flight from love, but on the contrary, it is the opening of a way toward love. Here's another quote from him. It is essential to reaffirm clearly that purity of heart and of body go together because chastity is the custodian of authentic love. If you have a chaste heart, beloved, you will be modest in your dress. If you are not, your heart is not chaste. You can say it is, but it is not because you are tempting others, you are shaming others, you are affecting others negatively. That's not a chaste heart, not at all. One more from Pope Benedict XVI. He says, how easy, when he was Pope, how easy it is to be deceived by the many voices in our society that advocate a permissive approach to sexuality without regard for modesty. Self-respect, without regard for modesty, self-respect, or the moral values that bring quality to human relationships. This worship of a false god, this is worship of a false god. Instead of bringing life, it brings death. It's very important what Pope Benedict XVI said. Let me repeat the one sentence. How easy it is to be deceived by the many voices in our society that advocate a permissive, advocate a permissive approach to sexuality without regard for modesty, self-respect, or the moral values that bring quality to human relationships. I have seen chastity speakers, women, female chastity speakers, current day female chastity speakers that come onto a stage absolutely immodestly dressed. Immodest. One thinks they're modest if they cover their body. Not so. Not so. If you if your clothes are so snug that you see every move you make, there's nothing modest about that. It's absolutely shameful. Um, I've sat through presentations where young people were invited in a parish because so-and-so was coming. And I... Some parents walked out with their daughters during the presentation because of how immodest the speaker was in every way, in her speech, in her movements, and yes, in her long dress. Terrible. Absolutely shameful. 
She should not have been allowed in there. Um, Let me read you a couple of other things, and I won't go on past the break. Let me just read you. This is now, there's more that the church and saints say. But this is young men of today, what they think. Listen to this. I am a 17-year-old guy who's doing his best to pursue God's plan for purity. I want to say something to Christian girls that they might not realize. The way you dress really does affect guys. Modesty is not some outdated legalistic rule from the early church. This is a 17-year-old. When you wear revealing clothing... You're adding fuel to the forbidden fire of lust in a guy's mind that he's trying so hard to put out. As men of God and brothers in Christ, we Christian guys are commanded to respect you and to be pure with our thoughts, eyes, and actions. But it would help us so much if you, as our sisters, would really think about how the way you dress influences us. You see, beloved? Oh, there's so much there. And there's the music for our break, dear ones. Call in with anything on your heart. Toll free, 1-877-511-5483. Or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. your donation could be matched? If you donate $300 to the Station of the Cross, you could have it double. There are many companies that will double employee donations. So when you donate $300, we'll receive $600, helping us make Catholic Radio even stronger. Help the Station of the Cross proclaim the fullness of truth with clarity and charity by checking with your employer today to see if there's an opportunity for your place of employment to double your donation. This could greatly benefit Catholic Radio so that we can share Share the gospel with more people. May God bless you for your support of the Station of the Cross. Prayer of Deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one, from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every Form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. 
Tune in weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern Time for Sermons for Everyday Living, a program that brings you real sermons from real priests on topics important to you and your faith. Visit thestationofthecross.com for details. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live and we have a whole half hour to ourselves. Again, I'll repeat the call-in number to call or text with anything on your heart whatsoever. And again, it doesn't need to be what we're speaking about. You can call in anonymously if you wish. Um, the toll-free number to call or text, one 511 5483 or email at mother at we have a call on the line from Marie. Are you there, dear one? Hi, yes, I am. Thank Hi, you so Marie. much for your program. Thank you, Marie. Um, because I've, I've been listening to your program for a long time, and I'm so grateful for it, I feel I have an understanding of God's direct will and God's permissive will, what he allows, and that ultimately he works things for good. That I understand from listening to you, but there's a, a situation that I'm just struggling with, and it's a really good friend of mine. She's not Catholic. She was not raised in a faith. She's married to a Catholic, and she's raising her five- and seven-year-old Catholic to the best of her ability, but she doesn't have a faith. And two weeks ago, she was suddenly diagnosed with a, a terminal cancer that we're, we're all struggling with uh, understanding for her and for her family. And I, I don't know you know, why this happens, and I can't explain it to her, and what can I, I don't know how to understand it for myself, and I don't know how to be a witness <clears throat> of the Catholic faith to her and to her children. God bless why you, Marie. God would do this. Well, uh, you know, um, there are many other th- many things. Do you have children of your own? I have one, yes. Okay. How old? He's three. All right. Is he going to understand why you do everything? No. Is he going to understand why you give him a slap on the behind sometimes or put him in a little playpen so he can't destroy your house or um, take him to... Will he understand why you even take him to the doctor? The doctor's going to give him, a, let's say, a shot of some kind and there's the big needle coming at him and you can save him. Why are you letting this doctor do this? He can't, he can't understand you. You're his, his protector and all of that. I could, silly examples, but the thing is that we are children of God and God is not simply our father. He's, he's, he's other, he's God, he's our creator. So no, we're not necessarily going to understand which is why, Marie, what you said in the beginning is so perfect, that we know that nothing touches us that God doesn't allow, whether he permits it or purposes it. uh, We don't always know the depth of that, but we do know that if it's exactly what you said, that if it touches us, it's from God. He has allowed it. And, um, Indeed, he works all things together for good. That's what we can know. Um, 
we're not going to necessarily discover him beyond that, why he allows certain things. It's why it's so important to know our faith, to know the scriptures, to know who God is, to know his attributes, that he's perfect in his ways and he's loving and he's wise and all of that. Um, but you might, when you can, speak with her and say, you know, I love God. I believe uh, he created you. He died for you. Your belief doesn't... Um, uh, determine whether or not he loves you. He loves you regardless of whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not. He died for you on the cross, whether you know it or not, or believe it or not. And it was one of the, one thief on the cross uh, cursed him. You know, there were a thief either side, either side, and one thief cursed him, and the other thief repented and asked him to bring him into his kingdom. And he was in a terrible state, nailed to the cross like our Lord was, but he recognized his sin. And sometimes it takes very dire circumstances for us to finally call out to God. Sometimes it does. So very often, even Catholics are not faced with their mortality. You know, that we're going to die physically. We're going to live forever eternally, but we're going to die physically, every one of us. And you could say to her, you know, in, I, I don't know why God has allowed this, but I can, I can think of something. You may not like me for it, but I can think of the fact that he has allowed this because of his great love for you. And he may know that facing an eternity apart from God um, might be the thing that would enable you finally to cry out to God and ask him to show you who he is and how you can be with him. You see, can God heal you? He certainly can. Um, uh, Is your terminal cancer irreversible? Might be humanly speaking. Nothing's impossible for God. It doesn't mean that you believe in him He's or say, Lord, if you heal me, I'll believe in you. That's, that's no good. We don't treat God like a, a genie or anything like that. We give our lives to him and because he's worthy, because he died for us. And it's the only way to eternity with God. And then God does what he wants with us. She, he could give, she could give her life to him and she could pass into eternity that night, or he could heal her. But in any case, um, she could help her family greatly by becoming Catholic, by their knowing that she died in the arms of God, and she could be praying for them uh, from from heaven. Uh, Because if she confesses her sins and she dies, she'll be straight in heaven, the paradise like the thief on the cross. So... um, Marie, I would just speak with her lovingly and say we don't know God's reasons, but we do know of his great love for you. We do know that. And we do know that he will never cast out whoever comes to him. Speak to her. See if um, see if she'll allow you to even maybe read the Gospels to her. She may not. She, she does, she's open, as she said, she wants to believe. She wishes she had a faith. She she doesn't. 
That's fantastic. Oh, that's fantastic. I would read the Gospel of John to her and um, tell her that if she wishes she had a faith, that's a good thing. And uh, it's not, God is not to blame if she doesn't. Um, I, I know my own self, Marie. I wanted to believe in God. I tried all kinds of formulas people gave me and nothing happened because I wanted more the experience and what God could do for me than anything else. But when I finally let everything go, everything, and gave my life to God, no matter, I jumped off the cliff, no matter what the results would be, it didn't matter. I gave myself to God and he totally changed my life. So uh, if she's sincere, tell her not to worry, not to fret about that, but to talk to God and to ask him to take her life and to call for a priest. Is she home? Yes, she is. Let a good, holy priest come visit her. Marie, can you hang on till just after the break? Yes, thank you. Okay, good, good. We'll be right back, beloved, and feel free to call in. Widespread and profound confusion on matters of faith and morals, even within the church, means that the formation of a new generation of Catholic leaders is now vital to the future of the pro-life movement. Through the international youth program, Voice of the Family seeks to identify prospective leaders and offer them the formation and fellowship that they would be helped with to defend the unchangeable teachings of the Catholic Church in years to come. The young Catholic adults who will take part of this program therefore receive a specific invitation to give their lives in whatever vocation they choose to work full-time for the apostolate of restoring the Church to Christ through His Holy Mother. The Rome Youth Pilgrimage takes place September 27th through October 3rd, 2019 in Rome. And you can apply online at lifesightnews.com. Just search for Rome Youth Pilgrimage. Hope to see you in Rome. Are you having a hard time keeping up with all that's going on these days in the Vatican? Did you know that LifeSite puts out a monthly print news magazine in beautiful full color? Our magazine, Faithful Insight, gives you all the most important coverage from Rome and lets you read it away from the computer, phone, or tablet. It summarizes dozens of new happenings down to the essentials, but provides full analysis on all the most important developments. Faithful Insight brings you the coverage of the Vatican that you know and expect from LifeSite in a different form. It has received high praise from cardinals, bishops, priests, and faithful who want to stay abreast of the most crucial battle in our time, the battle for the soul of the Church. Subscribe today at FaithfulInsight.com and may God bless you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We've got a good 15 to 20 minutes to ourselves, and you're still free to call in or text at 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We've been on the line with Marie, who has a very dear friend, um, a mother of two, and uh, a woman that just wasn't raised in the faith and has no faith now, but she's recently been diagnosed with terminal cancer and very difficult situation. Um, Marie, has she been to the Catholic Church? I think you she said she's she goes raising. On Sundays. Yeah, she goes on Sundays, but as she said, it it doesn't mean anything to her. She's doing it because she, when she married a Catholic, a strong Catholic man, yeah. she said, I will raise the children Catholic because that's what you want, but she doesn't, she doesn't really understand it. She, mm-hmm. she does mm-hmm. find it peaceful, but that's about, but she does go on some days. Has she ever approached a priest? Has anyone, has she ever tried to take instruction? She, um, it was one of those things she thought she would do later. And so now that her her daughter would start in second grade in September and start her first, you know, learning about First Communion, they're in a Catholic school, but second grade is when this would happen. And she thought that's when she would start kind of learning alongside her and maybe look into RCIA. That's what she was thinking about. Well, I would say, Marie, I don't know why God has allowed this, but I do know he wants you to come to him before your child is in second grade. You see, Mm -hmm. Um, this is of God. I, I would say to her, Marie... I don't know God's part in it, but he works all things together for good, and he's allowed it. And he wants you to come to him uh, and ask him to grant you the gift of faith and to make you his child. Has she ever been baptized, do you know? No, she hasn't. Okay. Um, You know, you can also tell her this. Um, When... A person, now I'm not relating to her situation, but if you see a corpse, a dead body, you can put a knife in that corpse, a pin, anything, and there's no response. Because death is an inability to respond to life. And you can say to her, Marie, you are dead. You are separated from God. You are born from your mother's womb. But by the sin of our first parents, you are born into original sin, separated from God. And in order to become his child, you need to be born again spiritually. That happens through baptism. That happens through baptism. And say, Marie, I would waste no more time. I think God has showed you that you don't want to wait another year or two. I think right now, Marie... Can we get you a good holy priest? It may be a chaplain. It may be the priest of your parish. I would make sure it's, it doesn't have to be the priest of your parish. I would make sure uh, the priest you call is a very holy priest who will not compromise truth, but is enormously compassionate and can uh, uh, visit her many times in the hospital and help her into the kingdom. That's what I would do. And if God chooses to heal her, blessed be his name. But say to her, a a dead person can't believe. A dead person can't believe. You need to be born again. 
You need to be born again through baptism. You need for God to make you his spiritual child and take away the stain of sin that you were born with and pour into you his life. It's not something you can do. It's a gift from God, but your heart needs to be open. And if you meet with a priest, he can lead you to that. He can lead you to baptism and to faith. And it's up to God. It's up to God. But uh, our Lord said in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, I will not cast out anyone who comes to me. Okay. What do you think? I think that's beautiful. I'm writing everything down that you're saying. Oh, I know I can fine. listen to it back, but no, I feel like okay. I just need to write it down. Yeah, that's and okay. Then, there's a friend trying to convince her to go to one of these charismatic healing services, and I don't think she should go. But what is there? What's the Catholic view on that? It's not Catholic. It's um, I don't even. Is it a Protestant church? Yeah. Yeah. And no, I wouldn't very go. Charismatic healing room. No, I wouldn't thing. go. I wouldn't go. Okay. Um, Okay. I won't say the charismatic movement doesn't exist and isn't legitimate in in some of its parts, not at all of the manifestations today, perhaps. Um, But uh, a good priest has that same ability. God can heal through him. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was thinking, too. Mm Mm-hmm. And yes. if, if if she could have something as Catholic as possible at this time, it could That's also right. help her children That's understand right. that we don't run away from our Catholic faith in these times to go to yeah. other that That means. same priest should be in their home with the husband and children. He should become part of their family and hopefully lead her into heaven. On earth or, or the other side of earth, either way. Okay, yeah. And we, there, there is one that I'm thinking of that's affiliated with the school that the children go to in their parish. That I think excellent. Would be, that would be good for that. Okay. Oh, thank you so much. Okay, thank you're you welcome, so, Marie. So you're welcome, dear. And no matter what your emotions tell you, God is faithful and always works all things. Well, you know what? The statement in Romans eight is God works all things together for good for those who love Him and who are called according to His purpose. He doesn't promise that for anyone else. You see? Mm-hmm. So when mm-hmm. you speak with her, we need to clarify that too. Uh, you'd be under God's protection, whether he heals you or allows you to go into eternity. Um, he works all things together for good for those who love him yeah. and who are called according to his perfect purpose. Okay. Let him love you, I would say to her. I know you don't love him, you don't know him. Let him love you. Let him come to you. Ask him, open your heart, and don't be afraid. And ask him to take over your life and make you his child. Beautiful. Thank you so, so, so okay, much. Okay, Marie. God bless you, dear one. God bless you. Thank we you. Have Ke- okay, we have Kelly on, oh, Nellie on the line. Hi, Nellie. Look, good morning, uh, Mother Miriam. I am actually in awe and lost for words. Um, I have seen you in, um, actually, my dear priest, talking about priest. I am a Catholic born and raised, but really fell away from the faith, so the prodigal son, daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, 
What you knew and Mother Angelica? I only learned of Mother Angelica after she left Earth five months mm. before my beloved mother, who was a pioneer to our faith in God. Mm. Uh, even though, you know, I detoured away for many, many years and came back uh, fully mm. to uh, to serve God every second of my breath. Blessed and be listening God. listening to you and Mother Angelica is just, um, yeah, I say you and Mother Angelica are the Jewish and Italian version of me. <laughs> the Jews and Italians, uh, what a combination. Yes, could you imagine if we were all happened to be born at the same time, the world would be on fire, Mother. Yes. <laughs> and that's the fire we need to to bring back into our faith. And, uh, and I think we get to appreciate it more when we're lost and see, listening to that previous caller, it makes my heart cry. Mm-hmm. Because when we are lost and we do not, we do not know God. We do not know the utterly darkness and and the sadness it brings to the eyes and heart of Christ. That That's right. But, it. you know, Nellie, you just reminded me uh, through your words, if Maria is still listening, one of my favorite prayers of the church is when we were lost and could not find our way to you, you loved us more than ever. When we were lost and could not find our way to you, you loved us yeah. more than ever. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Mother, I'm having a hard time hearing you. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Is that better? Yes, sorry. It kind of went really far away. Oh. Um, it's cleared up now. Uh, Good. It sounds a lot better. Sorry, I just wanted you to know because then I would not know what you said. Yes, uh, no, I'm, I'm going to also mention to the engineer that you're a little soft on my end, too. So, um, okay. Uh, do you have, I think you have a question also, Nellie? Yes, uh, I have been, like, coming back to my faith, I thank a great priest. Actually, he was the one who told me of you. He, he told me, you have to listen to Mother Marion. She is very much like you and the cross between Mother Angelica, because I've been, I've been um, discerning for the consecrated life, not just discerning, I have did the test and all that, and I've had matches with many uh, others. However, for me, my passion has been uh, the sorrowful mystery. I love all the mysteries, but the sorrowful mystery, because it's always been an awe how a God who who could have come in many ways to save us would put himself through such brutality, through such humiliation, to endure pain and suffering. Yes, a God yes, who Nelly. is spotless and, and knew no sin uh, to endure our Yes. Our sins, uh, to to bring us to his eternal life and and, and uh, so tell me, Nelly, dear was, one, are you at a crossroads now? It, I I think you. Is there a particular question I might uh, assist with, and then we can go on to a few other emails. The thing is, for me, actually, when I was connected with you, this itself was a miracle and a blessing because I've been trying to for months and I just could not seem to know how I'm not the most tech-savvy person. Um, I, uh, it's something maybe I would love to talk with you off-air or through emails because for me it is to devote my life to the consecrated life and I'm very much of a pre-Vatican person, even though, you know. Um, so tell me your question, Nellie, because I think you and I can talk for about three hours, sweetheart, but tell me. Uh, only because our time is limited. Tell uh, me your question. question. Is, with all this that's happening, you kind of alluded to it. Uh, well, alluded to it in the 
conversation, uh, your program today, with all this that's happening with uh, the changes in the Vatican and this and that, what advice do you give people who feel because it is coming from the Vatican, therefore they have to abide by it? So what's the question? What advice do I what? What advice would you say give to Catholics that are not so tuned with their faith and the gospel and the word of God that they feel they have to abide to what changes because it comes from no. yes, you know what Nelly well your question and in fact I'm going to see if I can answer that in our next newsletter which I'm just now beginning to put together the only thing for Catholics to do in the midst of all this confusion today uh, and I'm going to tell you it's going to get a lot worse I don't have to be a prophet to tell you that uh, there's an Amazon Synod that's scheduled for October, and it's going to bring great uh, uh, sorrow on the church and quadruple, quadruple, or how do you say, quadruple the confusion. So, Nellie, the only thing to, for us to do is to live the faith as if it's true and live what is true. Um Nothing that has been proclaimed for 2,000 years can be changed. Truth can not change. Um, again, uh, go to the scriptures, go to the catechism, uh, go to the holy popes. Nothing of that changes. If, if our pope today tells us to receive communion if we're living in an adulterous state, does that make it okay? No. It makes it mortally sinful, very gravely sinful. Well, you say, well, how do you know? The Pope said, no. The Pope is not the author of truth. God is. And he has given the church the truth that he said he would keep and teach till the end of time. And anything that goes against what is infallible truth of the church, we must not live it. We must not obey that. We're not disobeying the Pope. We're obeying God. We need to know our faith. We need to, Nellie, it's time for us to be adults, not children, and know our faith. How do we know it? Go to the scriptures. Go to the catechism. Um go to the holy documents of the church, the church fathers, and go to holy priests, a priest who will not compromise for any reason. Go to Catholic Answers, go to good Catholic apostolates, Station of the Cross, Life Site News, go to good holy Catholic apostolates if you have any concern. And our job is to follow the shepherd who is Christ and live the truth. God bless you all. We'll speak with you tomorrow.